This is episode 32 of the Bob Lab Podcast. Me and Jack talk about the beginning of the Red Sox spring training, and we talk about the rule changes that have come to the MLB and our thoughts and opinions on them. Alrighty, welcome to Bob Lab, everyone. I'm Jason. I'm here with Jack, co-host, and yeah, it's spring training season, so you know, Jack, I'm happy baseball's back, man. Absolutely. Pumped. Great time of the year. Yeah, we're three games into spring training, and the Red Sox have a record of, uh, what, 2-0-1? Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't, obviously, the Northeastern game didn't count. No, 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 we're not counting that. Um, But yeah, there's a lot to look forward to for the rest of spring training, and, you know, a lot, a lot of exciting stuff for the beginning of the season, but, you know... Jack, I know we wanted to talk a lot about, you know, players who, you know, maybe caught your eye or, you know, roster projections, which we're going to make a whole nother episode just based on that. We'll have, you know, obviously me and then Jack and we'll have Nate too. So I kind of want to avoid that for this episode and just talk about, you know, spring training a little bit more. And then like, you know, the batting lineup is interesting too, because, you know, why not? Let's, why not dive into that right now? You know, we thought Masataka Yoshida was signed to be that leadoff guy. And, you know, we're, we're getting the sense in spring training that Masataka Yoshida won't be doing that. He'll probably bat either fourth, fifth, maybe sixth. I don't know. But point being, he won't be a leadoff hitter. So, Jack, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are yeah. you bummed? Are you surprised? Well, um, I have mixed thoughts. I think... We could have maybe seen this coming a little when he was signed, I think, in his interview. He had mentioned how he's used to hitting in that third hole or maybe the cleanup spot, and he had never actually let off. Um, Now, he obviously seems to have the perfect skill set to lead off. Uh, Doesn't strike out a lot, walks a lot, great on base percentage. Uh, So it seemed like you were paying for that. Um, And to think that he, the guy who's projected to be one of the best on-base guys in the league, is going to hit behind Rafael Devers rather than in front of him is um, interesting to say the least. Uh, I could see them wanting to beef up, you know, towards the middle of the lineup with the absence of story. Um, But I'm definitely surprised. Um, And I know they have a few other options, but he seems like clearly the best option to lead off. Like he could be one of the best in the league. Um, So what are your thoughts on that, Jason? You know, I mean, when you go back and you look at, how Yoshida was paid. I just feel like you're paying him almost like JD money, but in, in a sense. But obviously, we're we, the Red Sox don't have as much power as they have in years past. You know, Yoshida, we we still don't really know. We hope he is a on-base machine. And, you know, to your credit, yeah, he does have, you know, the perfect build, the perfect um resume for the leadoff hitter but you know it's a different mentality and you know we we heard in his press conference uh whenever he was signed i don't know the exact date uh he has no experience and he's used to batting you know third or fourth so you know i'm i'm a little bit surprised they're just realizing this because the leadoff spot last year in the beginning of 21 was definitely a big problem and the the leadoff spot struck out i think the most if i'm correct in 21 in 2022 
So who's the candidate to lead off right now? Assuming Masataka Yoshida doesn't. I, I think, it, don't get me wrong, it was a perfect fit. But I think another thing I will add before we uh, dive deep into that, you know, Cora also mentioned Devers is going to bat uh, second in the lineup, which I don't I think I think it's a player decision. I think Devers is like I'm comfortable in the two spot, but I think you're going to get his his true value is going to come in the three or four spot. Do you agree, agree. With Jack? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I mean he's clearly your best hitter, and you're a team that has potentially a lot of on base machines. So you want to have guys in front of him. Correct. I mean, getting him RBIs and getting him, you know. It could be a difference between a two-run and a three-run home run. You know, I'm just right. gonna say that. But you know, I I'm going back and forth, Jack, and it almost seems like a righty has to lead off. I don't envision a lefty leading off. Maybe there's one exception, and his and his name is Alex Verdugo. But mm-hmm. you know, we heard we saw Chris Verdugo on Twitter come out and say, you know, he has talked with his brother. Chris Verdugo is Alex Verdugo's brother. We 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 have heard him come out and say, you know, he's he's expressed interest in yep. leading off. You know, and um, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think at times last year when Kike was hurt or struggling and he forced Duran into that role, people were wondering why can't we try with Verdugo in 2020. Um, the COVID season, Verdugo let off a decent amount, I think. And, I, you know, he did well. I mean, he's another guy, um, especially with without the shift this year, he's a guy who's going to benefit tremendously from that. He doesn't strike out a lot. He's a tough out, and he's a high-average hitter. He seems like he could slot in well as a leadoff hitter. But you bring up that point, can they lead off a lefty if Devers is going to be in the two spot? Uh, it depends. You know, that's why I want Devers in the three spot, because then you because you're already lefty heavy lineup can bat lead off, you know, because my my ideal lineup would be. uh, uh, okay. let's let's right now assume Yoshida doesn't lead off. Let's just rule that. Right, right, right. Maybe it's a Verdugo leading off me just maybe. And it's a Turner batting second and. A Devers batting third, Yoshida hitting fourth, and then you know someone like Duvall will hit fifth, something like that, and then going down the line. But you know another guy is Kike Hernandez, but I I I think it's just time to move on from him in the leadoff spot. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Kike's in the leadoff spot. Not, don't get me wrong, he's a good player. You know he gets you know hotter than the Sahara Desert when he gets hot, but I I don't I I don't know he strikes out a lot, and I just don't i'm sick of it almost jack does that make sense like i'm just yeah i mean kike even in 2021 where he was you know he had his best or second best season of his career where he hit 250 20 home runs he's not an on-base machine um and he's not like a great contact hitter so i think i'd agree with you i i think i'm probably against uh kike leading off especially if you want rafi rafi devers in the two spot Right. And what was I going to say? I mean, yeah. So when back in 2021, the first half, when you look at, you know, Kike in the first half, he struggled. And, you know, they experimented with Arroyo and Chavis there for a while or a little while, rather, you know, a few series in Baltimore. And you put Kike in the seventh hole. You know, he was hitting about 
212, just barely above the Mendoza line. He was struggling. And I remember Arroyo, Arroyo went down and got hurt. And I think Chavis, something happened with Chavis. He didn't get tra- he didn't get traded yet, but something happened with Chavis. And they might have demoted him to AAA. But point being, they put Kike back in that lineup for the Yankee series at Fenway Park. I think it was not it was the first series of the year at Fenway Park. Yeah. And Kike hit like, I don't know. It was like two leadoff bombs in a row. And, you know, they didn't really look back on that. Right. So and then the, and then the second half, he Kike turned up the bat and was great. But, you know, in 2022, Kike before his injury and after his injury wasn't really good. I mean, after his injury, he didn't really lead off because it was fam. But, you know, my point is simply I don't. As of recently, Kike has only had one half season good at the leadoff position, but yeah, you got to put someone else there. And you, I wish we addressed that more in the offseason. Yep, I agree. I don't think Kike is the guy to lead off, especially if Devers is in the two hole. Um, personally, I don't know why they really want Devers in the two spot. I think a lot of it, if you could get him, in, I think he's perfect in the three. If you can get two guys who are good contact hitters um, and can run the base as well, can get on base in front of him, you know, a good amount of the time he's going to come up and there's going to be somebody on base for him. And that's a hitter's mentality, especially for a guy like Devers with his skill. You want him with you want him hitting with guys on base. Um, And I mean, you want everybody hitting with guys on base, but especially him. Uh, I think the leadoff spot isn't Kike's. I think it's interesting. Obviously, Mookie was such a good leadoff hitter. He had the the physique for it, but he was all around, obviously, just such a talented hitter. Where That's where I kind of question, can Casas lead off with his size? Can he run the bases that well? Can he do handle it physically? You know, it, it, typically, it's kind of a smaller, quicker, more agile guy. Um, so that would me- lead me to think Yoshida, like you said, is perfect for it. But I think... Really, I think Verdugo would be really good for that job. Um, but then can you go lefty-lefty if Devers is in the two spot? And then who are your who are your righty options to lead off other than Kike? Probably nobody. You're not going to lead off Arroyo. So I don't love the idea of Kike leading off. I'm with you. Could you have? No, I don't like Duvall leading off. I just don't. Definitely not. Definitely I not. I don't. I hate him leading off. Uh, but you, the only... want him, you want his power to be able to be used. Correct. Yep. All right. That's why it'd be so against it. You know, Arroyo is the only other guy I can think of other than Keith. Yeah, and I mean, Arroyo. I don't think you're going to lead off a 38-year-old DH and Justin Turner. No, 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 no. Yeah, definitely not. I think, really, just the way the roster is, I think Verdugo and Yoshida both have potential to be elite leadoff hitters, and I think your other guy would be, sadly, Kike. You know, the, the one thing I just don't like about Arroyo, he doesn't walk. He just mm-hmm. swings at a, lo- a lot of pitches. To his credit, he, he is a good hitter at a lot of times. You know, he he was very streaky. And then, you know, when Trevor He really Story heated came, up at the end of last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the I think that's is, partially why they have so much confidence in him going into this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Can he stay healthy? Jerry's still on on that. And we right. it remains to be seen. I, I want him to stay healthy. 
the Red Sox have so much potential if he does. Yeah, totally. And I mean, Arroyo's got that potential. He was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's shown flashes, like you said, but there's a little bit of lack of power, slight lack of plate discipline. He can be a tough AB, but I, I'd assume his whiff percentage is kind of high. Um, but if he can get back to where he was, I think he ended the season last year around 280. If he could get to that, that'd be fantastic. You could give him a chance at leading off if something else isn't working. Right. And and the other the other guy I kind of flirted with, you know, if, if he does make the opening day roster, Rymel Tapia. You know, the only thing is he's a lefty, and that's why I think he's at a massive disadvantage right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tapia let off a lot when Springer was hurt last year for Toronto, I think. And he has some experience in that spot. But, you know, who knows if he makes the roster? I I, I think Ref Snyder has the upper hand just because Ref Snyder's a righty. And, you know, who who's to say that Ref Snyder, when he plays every fourth day, gets a chance in the leadoff spot? You know, that's always a possibility, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ref Snyder last year hit for a very – very was a great contact hitter. He's and he's quick. He's a guy you could put in that spot potentially, especially against a left-handed pitcher. Um, I think you really don't want to mess around with this leadoff spot. Like I don't think you want to flirt with Arroyo to start or Tapia in front of Devers. I don't. This is why I just can't get behind the idea of Devers hitting second. Um, right. And I love the idea of him hitting third. I think we both do. Um, but so if he is hitting second, who's the ideal guy? Assuming Yoshida hits fourth, you have to fill the first and third spot. I think I'd go um, – I think I have to go Verdugo leading off and go lefty-lefty. I think that's just the reality of it for me. You know, Cora's never let off Verdugo. I want to see that. I Because, I, I, Jack, I didn't watch 2020. I didn't watch any of Verdugo. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I watched, I watched the first series of the year, and I'm just like, you know what? The Red Sox aren't going to be good, and <laughs> you know they're just going to talk about COVID all the time. I'm like, you know what? We're punting. We're waiting till next year. I, I'm kind of glad I did it because here, my point, here point. I have the I have the stats, Jason. Sorry, I was looking for them. Um, so this is what Verdugo's. Stats are in 153 at bats in the leadoff spot. So it's a decent sample size. So he's hit 288 average, excellent, 341 on base, solid, and an OPS of 753, solid. So I think I, I like the idea of Verdugo leading off. Again, he kind of has that physique where if he's healthy, he can be a quick guy that you want on base. You don't want to throw, you know, a 38 year old in your leadoff spot or you know, it might be tough on Costas' body. It is a, it is tough physically. You know what I'm saying? You you don't want you don't want a 38 year old leading off. Uh, in, in my opinion, because I agree. It's just how do I say this? Um, you, you want a guy like Justin Turner who has experience with more power although it's diminished he, he's not fast he's wearing down i just don't trust him honestly i'm sorry yeah and i mean i mean obviously this is i don't want to mess around with it again but jaron durand you thought he would have had perfect potential to be 
a leadoff guy, obviously with the speed, but then the struck out, the strikeouts rose and he could, he wasn't hitting, he wasn't making great contact and found like pitchers kind of had his number, but a guy with his speed is something you have to consider. A guy I looked into for when he gets healthy was Adalberto Mondesi. Um, but he isn't, he isn't a good uh, example because although he has the speed, he's not a good on base guy. He doesn't walk a whole lot. Right. Um, yeah. When he, when he stays healthy. Right. Like, yeah, that, that's a huge if, but um, yeah. So I think Jason, if like we were saying, if, if Devers is in the two spot and Yoshida's cleaning up, who are you leading off and who are you putting third for me? Um, for me, it's Verdugo leading off, and I think in the third spot's Turner. And I know your top four hitters, three of them being lefties, could be tough, but I think that's your best probability if if Cora's really in love with those with Devers and hitting two and, and and Yoshida cleaning up. I think that's your best bet right now. Um, yeah. You know, and we're not Cora, and Cora's superstitious. I want to say, but he he wants. I just don't agree with having Devers bat second. I Me neither. Like but that. but Jason, who knows? Maybe it's something Devers approached Cora with and said, I feel comfortable in this spot. Who knows? I, I think I can. He said, maybe he said, I can be aggressive in this spot, but also, you know, look to get on for the guys behind me. Who knows? You know? You know, it's also Devers. So, I mean, but he, like, also, he also I got agree. the bag of money. He also got the bag of money. So, I feel like he's going to have a lot of say in that. But, right. Um. Yeah, uh, I think we've been going for a while, actually, um, with this, about 20 minutes. So maybe we use the next 20 to talk about the rule changes. Absolutely. What do you think? Um, I'm very mixed. Yeah. Um, I think obviously seeing that the way the game ended the other day is kind of crazy um, because you wonder, well, what if a hitter – can't get in the box and it's game seven of the world series in the ninth inning or whatever it is. Um, but I think players are going to have to adapt to it obviously. And I think it's going to be a lot tougher for some guys, you know, you know, the reliever on the guardians, Karen check, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Yep. James Karen check. Yeah. He's, he's going to have some trouble with it with all of his rituals. And, but all around, I think the pitch clock is great. We've seen the time of games. On average, it's around two hours, 30, 35 minutes. I think that's awesome. Um, and I think it brings an intensity to the game. You know what I'm saying? I think it, it forces hitters to really lock in as well as pitchers. Throwing that many pitches that fast, you could lose your command a little. And maybe it's a little tough on them. I'm sure it is. I'm sure adapting to it's tough on catchers, hitters, um, pitchers, as well as umps probably. But I love it so far. Um, I will say, I think... When hitters are on base, I believe it's 15 seconds in between pitches. Am I correct? When on base, that's 20. Or sorry, sorry. When hitters aren't on base, it's 15, right? Correct. Yeah. And I think what it so pitchers, catcher has to be in at eight or nine seconds, right? And hitters have to be in at eight, I think it is. Yeah. Some stupid crap. I think, I think that can be, that might be a little fast. I think jumping from, nothing to 15 and 20 might be a little ambitious in between pitches, but Hey, I really like it so far. I'm a huge fan. I think it's great for the game and I yeah, think it's fun. It's better as a viewer. It, 
Yeah, there is a case to be made, you know, it's just good for the game in general. But uh, as a kind of a baseball fan and also kind of a purist, too, that inside of me likes the nature of the three hour game. And here's why I I personally know people and I'll give an example. I know people who are like, oh, baseball is so slow. Oh, baseball needs to, you know. Pick up the pace. Boring. I can't sit and watch it. Totally. Right. Right. I can't sit and watch it. How many people have said that to you? A bunch. A bunch. Everybody. Right. Right. But as a fan, in the perspective of a, I should say, a diehard fan, not a fan, part of the nature is looking, is, you know, anticipating and being excited for every pitch and, you know, waiting for that. Isn't that just like what baseball is? That yeah, feeling. definitely. Definitely. Right. But Jason, those are the diehards like me and you. For the actual growth of the game, you need to get in the you need to uh, appeal to the people who aren't as diehard. And I think when you watch a Celtics game, it's probably around two and a half hours. Uh a Patriots game, probably just about the same, two, two and a half hours. But sometimes baseball games can go three, three and a half. Four hours, you know what I'm saying, right? You know, I, I think it's that's why I I I think it's just been better as a viewer so far. But I'm with you, you know, watching each pitch, it's like it's like an art, and and that's how it was. So maybe maybe the old way is a little bit better for me or you, you know. The old way is definitely better for fans because I I mean they're not better for fans, better for diehard fans because I like mm-hmm. I like the nature and hear me out. When a playoff game goes four hours, isn't that exciting? Definitely. But I also, you know, I, I'm like I said before, I'm mixed. Part of me is like, I hate the Raphael Dolises. I hate the Kenley Jansons. I hate the Pedro Baez's of, you know, the Red Sox. I, uh, I just hate it. Um, but. Um, I'm with you in a sense that it's good for people, um, who, I don't, I don't know, I'm stumbling a little bit, but it, it's good for people who are maybe younger and have a, cause humans have a bad attention span already. It's, it's, it's a given fact. It's worse than a goldfish and no, it, it's true. Um, but I, uh, I I want I want to see more people involved in baseball too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not I feel like not enough people like baseball. And does this if this doesn't attract them, then go back to the old ways. It's like yeah, it's like it's like how should I say? It's like changing. I'm trying to think of a real life analogy. I did this in the last episode and I fucking failed. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. It, it's 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 almost like I don't know ever ever do something to benefit someone else and it just doesn't work and you're like you know what I'm going back to the original way yeah I know what you're saying yeah it, I know what it, you're trying it, to get it's basically at. yeah it's basically like that yeah and I think a big thing is how the the players re- respond to it if the players love it I think you you're gonna have a hard time getting rid of it. But if the players hate it and it's not helping your ratings a whole lot, 
um, and people think it's kind of destroying uh, the history of ba- of how baseball is or how baseball just it's destroying the way the game is, then I could see them going back on it. But I think for now, this is great. I think it needs to be modified a little bit. Maybe 20 seconds in between no one on base and 25 seconds. Yeah, I could see that. I, 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 And here's why. You know, I just feel like right now it's kind of rushed. In, yeah, in way. It was definitely ambitious, I would say. Right. You know, I, I thought the pitch, I originally thought the pitch clock was like, okay, it's just a, a simple reminder for them to get ready. Right. Right. And oh then my you see God. the penalties. Just, and then you see all these penalties. It's like, okay, I think they'll get used to it. But we're seeing it in every game, Jack. It, it, a split second can be a difference between a strikeout and an, another pitch. I, I just don't like that. Anyone who's watched baseball knows the nature. They know the nature. They all know and love it. Right? And a fan who really doesn't have that experience is like, oh, I I like the action, but I want to speed up. Those are the type of fans that I know some people are literally. Does that make sense? I know some people are those types of fans. Yeah, totally, totally. They like baseball, but the the, the action's not that fast. You know, I, that's a, yeah. that was a fucking terrible way of saying it, but you got my point? Yeah, definitely. Now, Jason, to pivot a little, um, obviously this will be seen more in repetition, but we've seen it a little. For example, I saw a clip of Matt Olson hitting a ball to in between the first baseman, in between first base and second base last year. And yep. it's a ground out because of the shift. This year, it's a single. Um, and it gets by the diving second baseman. So, Jason, what are your thoughts on the banning of the shift? You know, it eliminates a lot of strategy. You know, being able to play guys to, in certain ways to prevent um, balls from getting through, you know. We, and we we see it with a lot of lefties, you know, they place four, uh, three infielders on the right side because they roll the ball over. You know, a, a perfect example is Joey Gallo, right? He rolls mm-hmm. the ball every over all the time, Jack. It's it's ridiculous. The guy has right. like two sacrifice flies in his career. <laughs> no, look it up. He does. Well, why, why do you think Phil Nevin sent Aaron Judge? Because... Joey Gallo has like three sacrifice flies in his career, but off topic. But I I think I'm I'm kind of indifferent if I'm gonna be very mm-hmm. honest with you. You know, it, it's gonna increase offense. Definitely. And I I personally like slugfests more than pitchers duels. I think those are the more exciting games to watch. Mm-hmm. I think I think pitchers duels I think we we we've been seeing a lot it, the pitcher era is you know since 21 before the sticky stuff crackdown it's been pitchers 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 mm-hmm. and then you know there other juice balls is juice you know. balls and the NFL uh, NFL the MLB is rigged okay they, <laughs> you think they they juiced all those balls to get Aaron Judge over the top of course they did why cuz it attracts fans why why 
Why why did they put the juice balls in the game's judge hat at the end of the season? Because it would boost fans. If you boost your amount of fans, you get money. It's a business, you know. It's it's a business at the end of the day. Sorry, Jake. Yep. Those are your words. Those are those are his words out of my mouth. But point being, I think back to the shift. Uh, I'm indifferent. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think it's another thing. I think your casual fan who you know they're trying to appeal more to that way the, the game can grow a little wants to see more offense so like you said this creates more offense definitely um but i think it like this could be this could make a lot of guys money especially hitters you know i mean just guys on the red Sox. this is going to help verdugo endeavors tremendously but imagine if big poppy david ortiz played in a game where there was no oh. shift like wow. imagine how, like right i mean it's kind of crazy because we might, we're, we, you know, we say, oh yeah, you can't shift anymore. This could, this could have changed so many guys' career. I mean, think about it. Otani usually hits around what, two thirty or forty. That uh, could go up yeah. thirty or forty points. He could be hitting two seventy, two eighty now because of no shift. Like this is going to make, especially left-handed hitters, this will make some guys millions of extra dollars. I think it's awesome. I think, like you said, it does take away some strategy, but I think. It's all a part of um, expanding on the offensive side of the game. And it's going to be great for hitters. I mean, you know, this could be part of Verdugo getting paid. I mean, it might be. It's only going to help that, obviously. I think it's just – I think it's a cool way to kind of help out hitters. And pitch, pitchers' jobs just keeps getting harder. It just keeps getting harder. Um, but I think in a different era, this rule really would have been crazy. I mean, like I said, imagine if David Ortiz – didn't have that fourth outfielder half the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been ridiculous. You, you know, I mean, the guy was able to hit three above, well above three hundred in a lot of seasons. I think his his career batting average was like two eighty five or two eighty six. I mean, imagine, right? He right. probably, I mean, he probably lost what a hundred plus hits. Pro- wait, probably wait, probably way more. Yeah, just crazy. How many hits do you think he lost because of the fourth outfielder? Um, a, a crap ton. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, in a different era, this could have, or even in just this era, it'll be great too because we have a lot of great left-handed hitters. But I, I, I especially think back to David Ortiz. But yeah, I, I right. like it. Right. In, in general, I like the changes. I think the bigger bases are also good. Yeah. Um. You know, with the last couple of minutes we have, we got about you now three minutes. Um. I think maybe maybe an aspect of you know the shift ban. Increase offense because, like I said, pitching's been at kind of an all-time high. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, they in twenty nineteen they unjuiced the ball or they juiced the ball, then they reverted, and then it's the pitching error. Now we're in a era for pitchers. It's crazy, you know. They they got to boost offense because a lot of a lot of guys are you know the the average is probably like in the two thirties two forties. And it's like home run or bust for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I said the pitcher's jobs keeps getting harder because first you can't use sticky stuff. And, you know, guys, ERAs and FIPS went way up most, I think. Um, And now you're going to see two rules that are definitely going to help the hitter rather than the pitcher. So I think it's cool. 
And I think this is an attempt by the MLB to, I mean, obviously it's an attempt by the MLB to kind of grow viewership and grow baseball. Um, yeah, but I, I got to wait for all these changes. No, I'm going to call. Give me a second. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take some getting used to. Yeah. It's going to get a lot, you know, walking to baseball in 2023. Right. Regular season games. You know, we want to see it with, we want to see it in the playoffs. So yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah, it's way too early to come to complete com- conclusions, but so far I like the rule changes. Alrighty. Yeah. I, I, you know, I already gave my takes, but I'm interested to hear Nate's takes on next episode. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what his takes are. I'm, I, I've been meaning to ask him. I want to wait until yeah. the big episode. It's going to be the next episode is going to be the biggest episode. Uh, yeah, definitely you know, tune in for that. Going. We're going to talk about rotation, uh, line or lineup and even po- position configuration, bullpen bench. We're going to talk about it all. Roster prediction. It's going to be a great one. Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. You know, check out Jack, you know, on Twitter. I'll link it in the episode. You know, we'll be back. Go Sox. Yes, sir.